Let's Connect podcast series is brought to you by Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome. I'm Karen Cole, Editor-in-Chief of Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome back, Eric. I am so pleased that we're recording today, Getting Fit for the Future, Part 4, continuing our discussion on leveraging new opportunities. I think it's a pretty meaty, meaty conversation to have, just given where the, the world is right now. So this is essentially, this sits in your Module 2 in the Future Fit Academy. And we're talking about, of course, the module that's titled Leverage Opportunities and Create Solutions. And of course, in Part 3, we understood just how important these skills are for leaders, given the context that they are functioning in. But for our listeners joining for the first time, just so that you know where we are, we are recording part four today, and this is our Getting Fit for the Future series, of course, in conversation with Dr. Eric Albertini. And Eric, I'm going to welcome you and just give you a minute or two just to introduce yourself and tell us what you find particularly the best part of the Future Fit Academy. Karen, thank you. So the Future Fit Academy, a center of excellence that helps individuals, teams, and leaders remain relevant in an ever-changing world of work. For me, the exciting part of what we do is we help heighten awareness for individuals and organizations about what are the skills that they need to focus on and develop to be the best that they can be, to enable them to continue to add indispensable value in this constantly changing world of work. And that for me is the best part of what we do. Absolutely. Now, Eric, going through Future Fit Academy and, and the, the content that you've got on offer, I mean, it's, it's really rich in terms of the, the way it's been laid out, the skills that leaders need, the focus areas, and of course, the, the methodology you adopt to, to not only assess beforehand so that leaders are well aware of, of their gaps in context of those skills, but also in the way that it's delivered. But there's one in particular, there's a great deal of emphasis that's currently placed on our ability to really look at adaptability. So how are we able to adapt to new situations and new developments? And it's certainly a term that is bandied about along with agility, but I'm not certain that we really know what it means to be adaptable and, and agile especially where we're, we're in the set of circumstances where we're, we're not actually sure of the next step to take. So our sure-footedness is gone. And I'm, you know, from my perspective, you need that level of sure-footedness to, to be agile or to be adaptable. But without that, how can we continue to reflect? So, Karen, absolutely. So adaptability is one of the five skills that sits in our category leverage opportunities. and. In our course, we draw a distinction between adaptability, agility, and flexibility. I think these terms are often used interchangeably and synonymously, but actually we interpret them slightly different, and, and for us they mean different things. So adaptability is it's about confronting and embracing change. So part of adaptability is this willingness to confront and embrace change. And adaptability is about modifying behavior. It's about the, the modification, permanent modification of behavior. 
agility is more changing on the fly. It's it's the ability and the willingness to learn from experience, apply your experience, and apply whatever you've learned to perform in a new situation. So agility is a little bit faster. It's a little bit more on the fly. It's willingness to apply what you've learned and your experiences to new situations. Flexibility is about meeting others halfway. If I'm flexible, I'm willing to meet you halfway. It's about modifying my style, but maybe not permanently. Whereas adaptability is more of a permanent modification of behavior. And as we move into this future world of work, which is a brittle world of work, you know, we've adopted and aligned what we do to a framework called BANI, or BANI, B-A-N-I. This world of work is brittle. It can collapse, it can come unravel very quickly. The A is the anxiety, it's anxious, it's non-linear. The N is the world of work that we are moving into is going to be very non-linear. And then the, the I is incomprehensible. So to deal in this very brittle, anxious, non-linear, incomprehensible world, one has to be willing to confront this constant change and permanently modify behavior. And that's what we focus on in the adaptability course. And as you said, Karen, quite right, it is a critical skill given how the world of work is changing, in particular, if we think of it in terms of this Barney framework. So, Eric, I've got two questions, particularly not many people like change. A lot of people shy away from, from having to change themselves. So quite happy to, to implement changes throughout an organisation. But when we see that directly affecting them, you know, we often shy away or step back from that. We, we have a hard time managing that. What are some of the techniques that you use to, to help people become more adaptable and to, I suppose, manage their response to change better? Yeah. So, Karen, I think the first thing we do is we focus on the inhibitors. So, as you say, in general, people don't like change, but very often they have not reflected and have not really understood what about the change it is that scares them or that, they, that, that they're not comfortable with. Is it the fear of losing something? Is it they, they just don't like uncertainty? You know, they, they don't like uncertainty. Is it lack of self-confidence? So the first, our starting point is always helping individuals, teams, organizations understand what the inhibitor to adaptability is. What are these inhibitors? That, that has to be the starting point, both at an individual level and at an organizational level. Are there factors at play that are making this willingness to transit happen? Because again, with adaptability, and as you quite correctly say, with change, there, there are two components. The, the one is the cognitive component, where we understand the change, we get it. So cognitively, I understand the change. Transition is more about, do I embrace it? Have I accepted it? Have I integrated it? And the starting point has to be, if not, why not? What are the things that may stop me? And then some of the practices, you know, without going into too much detail, but to develop adaptability, we 
focus on the whole being of the individual. So we do in our practices focus on the body, the mind, and in fact, the spirit as well. Because if those three are aligned, people adapt easier. So I love that methodology. I think when it comes to to adaptability, one of the things that always concerns me is how do we balance that out with, with kind of grit? How do we know when we should be, and I suppose maybe in, in context of how you defined it earlier, practicing agility versus when to grin and bear it? Always some grit in that. How do you know the difference? How do you know when you're just giving up too easily or flexing too quickly and you should just be be kind of gritting down and you know pushing through? Yeah, Karen, for us, grit is it's about the perseverance. It's about, you know, so resilience and grit are often used interchangeably but there is a difference so whereas resilience is the ability to recover or adjust to something that's happened grit is about passion and it's about perseverance now one can have grit and still be passionate and still persevere for that long-term goal but in so doing be adaptable and in fact if one has grit and is has the passion and this perseverance, it for us doesn't mean that you have to stay rigid and locked into a certain way of doing. In fact, on the contrary, it's the very nature of adaptability, as we discussed early on, that might help me pursue with passion and persevere for this long-term objective or goal. So although resilience and grit and adaptability do interplay and are integrated, they in fact support each other in many ways. They're not they're not opposing behavioral traits at all. Absolutely. I like that explanation and it, it leads into into my next question, which is this is obviously where you know you focus very much on on resourcefulness or teaching resourcefulness. And I think that's quite critical at this point because it's one understanding, you know, we've spoken about creating uh, or sense making, then creating clarity in terms of, you know, what is that plan, having a little bit of adaptability once you've got that long term vision in terms of how you're actually going to get there, the, the grit to to maintain that long term vision. And now you need this last component, with which is the resourcefulness. You know, what have you got around you? Because resources are quite limited. Absolutely. And resourcefulness in our context is is really about understanding what to do with what you have. It's the readiness to make the best use of what is at your disposal to achieve this, this objective. You know, it is based on ingenuity. We talk in our, our module on resourcefulness about in you know using ingenuity which is about being flexible and adaptable you know if we think of the, the metaphor that comes to mind often when we talk about resourcefulness is MacGyver you know can I in a very ingenious way make a plan with what I have it resourcefulness is about improvisation this is you know there was a quote I forget now by whom that says improvisation is the talent of invention in its most primitive form. You know, can I make a plan? Can I, on the spur of the moment, 
in a very ingenious way, do what I need to do with what I have so that I can attain this objective. We, we, we link resourcefulness to courage and being a daring and prudent leader. And of course, all of that makes you into what we call a, you know, a possibilitarian. You, you see possibilities. So yeah, resourcefulness is very much the act of making or doing something with whatever is available at any point in time and not letting the things that have come up, the stumbling blocks, the barriers that have come up, stop you. And that's where the grit and the adaptability and the sense-making and the clarity come through. So resourcefulness is all of those in action to spot and leverage the opportunity. Can you give us an example or an organization that you've worked with where this has been done really well in terms of that combination of skills needed for leveraging opportunities and solving problems? I think COVID is a very, very good example. So, So the one organization that we worked with in the fast food industry had to be incredibly, and I, and I want to just focus on the resourcefulness and adaptability because they're completely intertwined. So with COVID, with lockdown, with what, what we saw was the beginning of, let's call it the low-touch economy, this fast, fast food industry started adapting their menu. They started making packs that would be delivered to people's houses with all the ingredients and the very detailed recipe of how to make that meal that you would have ta- you know you would have gone and bought at the restaurant or the or their fast food outlet they started using the car park as a roadhouse where you know people could drive up and they would be served their food on a tray that was put sort of you know outside your car that all wrapped up etc cetera, etc cetera. so i think the adaptability, adapting what we know and using it in a different format, permanently changing how we do things. Again, the organization we worked with as a result of the pandemic really adapted their menu. They, they realized that they, they had, may have had too many items on the menu, they carried too much stock, and they revisited the entire menu, which now as we move out of the pandemic, they've kept. And speaking to them very recently, they were saying, you know, business has never been better and profits have never been better. And that's because of some of the changes that they made during the pandemic. And it really got them to tap into resourcefulness. The fact that there were not many legacy systems in place and they were not too entrenched in a certain way of doing things, because that is an obvious organizational inhibitor of both adaptability and resourcefulness. We, we are so entrenched in certain processes and we're so invested in them and they are so locked into how we do things here that if we need to shift them, we can't or we, we don't know how or we're too scared to do it. And this particular organization was not in that situation and they were able to adapt and through being resourceful, and through improvising, in fact, weathered the storm of the pandemic and did better than ever before. That's amazing. And I think absolutely the pandemic really was an opportunity for, 
for us to see this at play. You know, those that those that could adapt and change and, and were able to embrace almost those circumstances and find a way to work within them are the organizations that, that will survive and, and that, continue to survive. Exactly. Karen, and I think just the, something that struck me with this organization again is, you know, they did not see, for them, resourceful was not about I'm deprived of resources because a lot of people think that resourcefulness has to do with, you know, how do I cope with deprivation? How do I cope with this? The leaders in this organization did not see it as such. They, they saw it as how can I use this thing called resourcefulness and improvisation to improve? How can I spot opportunities? How do I leverage opportunities by being resourceful? So again, I think it's a, a shifting mindset. It's you know how one interprets the res what being resourceful and improvising is about. If you see it as it's to to cope with a situation when I'm deprived of resources, well then we're starting from the wrong place. Absolutely. Fantastic. Thank you, Eric. I'm looking forward to continue, continuing our discussion in part five, where we start discussing the third pillar in the Future Fit Academy, which is, of course, and for me, a, a personal passionate area, connecting and, and engaging with others, really focusing on how we take our self-knowledge and, and put that out there and build relationships that, that we move forward on. So really excited for that conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much, Karen. Look forward to our next conversation. Thank you. Thank you.